drop stay up to date. Episodes drop the last Friday. It's the mind, it's the mind, forgot that. It's the mind, it's the mind, forgot that. It's the mind, it's the mind, forgot that. Welcome to the Matt Forgot That Podcast, the place to recollect and reminisce. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to rewatch and review a movie or TV pilot that I've seen before but don't quite remember. It could be a blockbuster, critic's choice, or cult classic. To join in on the conversation, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've reviewed or want to share your own trip down memory lane, use the hashtag MattForgotThat on social. Before we start, I'm not a big fan of indecisive people. If someone asks me a question, I can give you an answer pretty quickly. My mind works fast, and I'm confident in what I say. I'm not always right, but I don't trust people who can't make decisions. And I certainly mistrust anyone who can't tell me their favorite things. And I'm not talking about major, life-altering things. What's your favorite movie? I don't know. It really depends on what mood I'm in. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You only have one favorite. Pick it. Mine is Jaws. It will always be Jaws. It doesn't matter what mood I'm in, that movie can come on, and I'm there for it. But, I have to admit... There is one question that I am a little indecisive on. Who's your favorite actor? I'm not sure I really have one. I like certain actors, but I take everything in context. I might like an actor in that particular role in that particular movie, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to like that actor in everything else. I've always enjoyed Jack Lemmon. I think he's a fantastic actor, and I've been trying to catch up on his filmography, but it is kind of lengthy. But in doing this week's movie, I've come to realize that Sandra Bullock is definitely up there as one of my favorites. There's a reason why she's called America's Sweetheart and The Girl Next Door. And in the 90s, she had a great track record. Love Potion Number 9, The Thing Called Love, Demolition Man, Speed, While You Were Sleeping, The Net, which I've spoken about before, underrated gem, completely relevant, almost 30 years later. To If By Sea with Dennis Leary, not great, but tolerable. A Time to Kill. Then you have Speed 2, Cruise Control, and that shipwrecked a lot of careers. But not Sandy. She bounced back with Hope Floats, Practical Magic, and Forces of Nature. In the 2000s, she started taking some more dramatic roles, 28 Days Later, Murder by Numbers, and ended that decade with The Blind Side, which she won an Oscar for Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role. She would follow up that nomination in 2014 in the same category for Gravity. Most recently, she was in The Lost City, which I really enjoyed. You should check that out. And Bullet Train, which was a curious movie for me. I'm not sure how I feel about it. But I know how I feel about Sandra Bullock. Seems like a really genuine person. You could pick a random talk show interview, and she comes off as down-to-earth and charming. On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking out of five stars. One star is skip it, two stars watch at your own risk, three stars standard fare, four stars worth checking out, and five stars must see. Now if I give a title five stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. 
I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. In this episode of the podcast, I'm rewatching and reviewing Miss Congeniality from 2000. And if you want to feel old, we're closer to the year 2040 than we are to the year 2000. It was directed by Donald Petrie, who helmed Mystic Pizza, Grumpy Old Men, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, and Welcome to Mooseport. The screenplay was co-written by Mark Lawrence, who scribed Life with Mikey, Forces of Nature, and Two Weeks Notice, Katie Ford, who worked on episodes of Family Ties, The Jeff Foxworthy Show, and Little House on the Prairie, and Karen Lucas, whose filmography includes The Nanny, Shasta McNasty, and What I Like About You. It stars Sandra Bullock as FBI agent Gracie Hart. She was born in Arlington County, Virginia. Her mother was an opera singer. Her father served in the military postal service for the army. He was stationed in Germany and Austria, where Sandra was raised for 12 years. They returned to the States where she attended East Carolina University and graduated with a BFA in drama. She moved to Manhattan and took acting classes under Sanford Meisner. She appeared in a few independent shorts and one-shot episodes before landing the part of Tess McGill in the TV series Working Girl, loosely based on the successful movie. The series, not as successful. After its cancellation, she had roles in Love Potion No. 9 and The Thing Called Love before her breakout supporting role in Demolition Man. But her breakthrough would be the summer blockbuster Speed, and you know the rest. This is what I remember. It's a fish-out-of-water movie. She's a tomboy that needs to go undercover in a beauty pageant. I dare say it has an iconic image, when Gracie Hart has her makeover, and she's walking in a blue dress in slow motion, and then she falls. Gracie has a fight scene with Eric on a wrestling mat, and she delivers an elbow drop that Dusty Rhodes would be proud of. Now I'm heading off to watch the movie. This is what I forgot. The cast. This seems to be a theme with me. But William Shatner, Candace Bergen, Ernie Hudson, Benjamin Bratt, and Michael Caine. How can I forget him? Also in the talent portion, Gracie Hart plays the water glasses glass harp thing. And lastly, does anyone remember that Starbucks used to have compilation CDs? So let's jump into it. Gracie Hart is a special agent for the FBI. She's one of the boys who focuses more on physicality than femininity. We find her on a stakeout in a restaurant. She casually reads a book which has the most obvious camera bug on its spine. The targets are dubbed the Three Stooges, but they're no laughing matter. Once the Russian mobsters exchange a wad of cash for floppy disks, the sting operation commences. FBI agents swarm around the men. When one of the targets chokes on a peanut, Gracie defies her superior's order and comes in to administer the Heimlich. It's not her first instance of charity. When she was younger, she witnessed a bully picking on another elementary school student and stepped in to teach him a lesson, but the victim didn't appreciate the gesture as he was embarrassed to need the help of a girl. Neither did the Russian. Gracie finds herself on the wrong end of a knife, but ingenuity prevails as she fights her way out of his clutches and a shootout ensues. The FBI captures the Russians, but during the crossfire, Special Agent Jerry Grant is shot. The next morning, FBI Agent Director Harry McDonald, portrayed by Ernie Hudson, briefs the department. 
Grant remains in the hospital, but will make a full recovery. And they've received another letter from the citizen, a domestic terrorist. He instructs Special Agent Eric Matthews, played by Benjamin Bratt, to form a team to take point of the operation. After the meeting is adjourned, Gracie apologizes to McDonald for disobeying his commands, and is put on desk duty for the next two weeks until a hearing. She wants to work on the citizen's case because she has a background in profiling and decoding, but he says the riddle is being worked on by intelligence. Overnight, Gracie decodes the message, which is going to target the Miss United States pageant at the convention center in San Antonio, Texas. They have 48 hours to figure out when and how Citizen is going to strike. It's decided that the best approach is to have an undercover agent within the contestants, and, despite hesitance, Gracie is chosen for the role. Here's a quote without context. It takes a very secure man to walk like that. Miss Congeniality is a fun film. Yes, there are stereotypes about gender roles, but for the most part, it's not to be taken seriously. I mean, it is a comedy. The premise is laid out pretty quickly. We know what's happening within the first 15-20 minutes of the movie. It definitely picks up afterwards, with the introduction of Victor Melling, the pageant trainer, performed by the incomparable Michael Caine. His repartee with Sandra Bullock is combative and entertaining. The makeover scene is enjoyable, though I'll never envy what women put them through to be considered attractive or accepted by society. I had to pull an ingrown hair once, and tears welled. Look, we've seen elements of this movie before, but it's packaged in a successful and unique way. Now for a little trivial trivia. The pageant theme, sung by William Shatner, was composed by the screenwriter Mark Lawrence and his seven-year-old son Clyde. Miss Congeniality was produced by Sandra Bullock and filmed in New York City and Austin, Texas. The cinematography was captured by Laszlo Kovacs, whose filmography includes Easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces, Paper Moon, Shampoo, Ghostbusters, Say Anything, and Two Weeks Notice. It was edited by Billy Weber, who worked on Badlands, Days of Heaven, The Warriors, 48 Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, Midnight Run, The Tree of Life, and was nominated for two Best Film Editing Academy Awards for Top Gun and The Thin Red Line. The score was composed by Edward Shimmer, who wrote the music for Charlie's Angels, Johnny English, Win a Date with Tad Hamilton, Bad News Bears, and won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Original Main Title Theme for Masters of Horror. The soundtrack featured songs by Salt and Peppa, Tom Jones, The Recliners, and A-Teens. Weren't they a teen cover group of ABBA? Alphonse! Alphonse! Look that up for me. The runtime is 1 hour 50 minutes. It had a budget of $45 million and grossed $212 million at the box office. On the Ski Index, I give it 4 out of 5 stars. This is a movie I could put on as I'm trying to get to sleep. No, that's a compliment, seriously. I can only watch films I really enjoy to fall asleep to. If you've seen Miss Congeniality and have opinions on the movie, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattForgotThat. Moving right along, each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there'll be a playlist called Matt Forgot That Playback. I was coming home from the dentist and I turned on the radio, Sirius XM 80s on 8 just for the record, and Point of No Return was playing. Now, it's been at least double digits since the last time I heard that song. For the life of me, I couldn't place the artist. So that's why we Google. It was performed by Expose. 
The female vocal group was founded in 1984 by music producer and disc jockey Louis Martinet. The original group featured Sandra Casanias, Alejandra Lorenzo, and Lori Miller, and mostly recorded club music. They had two hit singles on the Hot Dance Club play charts, Point of No Return and Exposed to Love. While recording their debut studio album, Exposure, a new lineup emerged with Jeanette Harado, Joya Bruno, and Anne Curlis. Released in 1987, it reached number 16 on the Billboard 200 charts, behind the singles Point of No Return, Exposed to Love, Come and Go With Me, and Let Me Be the One. Their song Seasons Change would go to number one in February 1988. This was the first debut album to feature four top ten hits by a vocal group. It would go on to sell two million copies. Their second album, What You Don't Know, followed in 1989, and was certified gold. In 1992, Exposé returned with their self-titled album and new vocalist Kelly Moneymaker. It spawned the Diane Warren-penned hit, I'll Never Get Over You Getting Over Me, which peaked at number 8. In 1995, they were dropped by their record label and decided to part ways with each other for solo careers. Since 2003, Jeanette Harado, Joya Bruno, and Anne Curlis have reformed and continue to appear at special events, with Kelly Moneymaker as an honorary member who will join them at performances. After going down this rabbit hole, I didn't realize how many expose songs I actually knew. I selected a couple of their hits, Point of No Return, Let Me Be the One, Seasons Change, I'll Never Get Over You Getting Over Me, and Come Go With Me. They're all available in the Matt Forgot That playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a nostalgic movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about Police Squad in Color. Created by David Zucker, Jim Abrahams, and Jerry Zucker of Airplane Top Secret and the Kentucky Fried Movie fame. Yes, six years before The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad in 1988, there was a television series that followed Sergeant Frank Drebin, Detective Lieutenant of Police Squad, Special Division of the Police Department, that investigates various crimes in the city. The show was a spoof of the police procedurals, and included slapstick, puns, sight gags, and running jokes. All familiar staples of Zucker Abraham Zucker. Gems like, We're sorry to bother you at this time. We would have come earlier, but your husband wasn't dead yet. It stars Leslie Nielsen. Now, to a generation of movie fans, he was one of the funniest comedic actors around. Not only for the Naked Gun movies, but Spy Hard, Mr. Magoo, Airplane, and of course his cameo on WWF programming searching for The Undertaker. But in his early career, he was known for dramatic roles. After his feature film debut in The Vagabond King, he starred in the sci-fi classic Forbidden Planet as Commander Adams, the love interest in the romantic comedy Tammy and the Bachelor, and the ship's captain in the disaster movie The Poseidon Adventure. But it's the Naked Gun movies that endure. And I haven't found anything that's made me laugh more consistently than when he played the umpire in the Mariners-Angels game, the most brilliant 10-15 minutes in cinema history. Take that, Rosebud. And of course, there would be no films if it weren't for the series. Each episode had a guest star, including Florence Henderson, William Shatner, Dr. Joyce Brothers, Tommy Lasorda, and Dick Clark. Police Squad was on for one season, six episodes, in 1982. 
Only four episodes aired in its initial run, with the final two being burned off during the summer. On its cancellation, the president of ABC said, quote, Viewers had to actually pay attention to get the jokes. End quote. To which TV Guide wrote that that was the most stupid reason a network has ever given to end a series. Despite its early demise, it was nominated for two Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series and Outstanding Writing in a Comedy Series. It's not currently streaming anywhere as of this recording, but it is available on DVD and Blu-ray. That's all for this edition of Matt Forgot That. Thanks for listening to me reminisce. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've reviewed, or want to share your own trip down memory lane, use the hashtag MattForgotThat on social. Head over to MattSarosky.com for the latest news and updates, and come back next time for the rewatch and the review. And won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Original Main Theme Title, Theme Track. And won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Original Main Theme Ugh. And was nominated for two Best Film Editing Academy Awards for Top Gun and The Thing of Life. Thing of Life, come on. They had two hit singles on the Hot Dance Club charts playing charts thing. Gracie decodes the message, which is going to target the Miss United States pageant at the convention center in San Antonio. And Jerry Zucker of Airplane, Top Secret, and the Tukun Tukun <laughs> Oh my god, that was... <laughs> I did not expect that to come out of my mouth. Holy shnikey. Wow.